0: We are back on the Clemson Crew podcast, and this again is our self-feeder series, and glad to have Thomas Weekly with us from Kentucky today, and Thomas is uh, a great friend of mine and has been um, a mentor in my life for many, many years, especially as, as I was on staff with crew at Eastern Kentucky University, and Thomas just being right down the road at Western Kentucky, and so grateful to have you on with us, Thomas, and um, yeah, feel free to, to introduce yourself and, and kind of who you are. All right, well, thank you so much, Weston. It's good to be with you. I
1: appreciate the opportunity to be able to share with you and the, the, the Clemson uh, team and students who are very grateful. Um, you know, my as I mentioned, I've uh, been on staff with Campus Crucifer Chrysler Crew. This is our 38th year. Uh, we have been uh, came on in January of 1982. My wife and I did. We spent three years in Tennessee at East Tennessee State with Earl Shute. Then we've been back at Western for actually for 35 years, 36 years uh, here at Western Kentucky. Uh, was a team leader, a campus director of the undergraduates up till just about three or four years ago. And uh, in which I turned it over to a younger guy cause I was kind of tired. And so, but we've been working now with uh, faculty commons full time. Um, is our primary position with with uh, with crew uh, working with professors and grad students, and I also teach part time at western so i 'm uh, teaching uh, uh, in the leadership department organizational leadership so playing double duty and stuff like that and so I uh, really enjoy it it 's a wonderful opportunity to be interacting with students and with staff for all these years and so thank you for the opportunity to join you as well yeah and i 've been married forty years this summer
0: mm-hmm. and
1: three grown kids. Um, and so awesome.
0: Yeah. And so Thomas, I've been really encouraged the past couple of weeks as uh, all of us have been going through this pandemic and, and thinking, okay, well, how do I, how do I continue to engage in the mission? How do I continue to engage in ministry and care for people? Well, during this time when we're more isolated, um, when online platforms seem to be the primary way of communication and so I've been encouraged as you've done, uh, mentoring moments with Thomas, uh, at noon central time on Facebook. And you've been sharing a lot the, the past couple of weeks about, um, how to, how to experience the Lord during this time. But even this week, you've been talking more, uh, more practically about intimacy with God. And so I would love for you to just kind of share a little bit about your heart behind why you've been talking about intimacy with okay. God. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah, this week the theme of those mentor, uh, mentoring moments has
1: been intimacy with the Almighty. And let me tell you why I even went there with the with the mentoring moments. Um, the first couple of weeks have really been pastoral. Uh, we're talking about fear. Um, you know, the, do not fear, for I am with you. I have Isaiah 41, verse 10. We talked about Jesus calming the storm uh, in the book of Mark uh, last week. Um, but I realized even as I was doing that, uh, we've had, had a lot of people watch or whatever participate, which is encouraging. But um, one thing I noticed is I don't want people to be just given a fit, piece of fish so they can eat, but instead to be able to learn how to fish so they can feed themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, I even had a friend of mine post one thing. He said, I'm fearful. A lot of people are watching a lot of podcasts, and they're watching a lot of messages online and et cetera. But are they going to the Word themselves? And I thought, you know Mm -hmm. how that is. And so I thought this week I made a transition in the mentoring moments from being pastoral to be more instructional. To say, okay, this is what I do. This is why we spend time with the Lord. With the big idea of do I know about Jesus or do I know Him? Uh, and there's a big difference in those two. You know, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, Paul says at the end of his life, he says, I know whom I have believed, and I'm convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted unto him against that day. He doesn't say, I know what I believe, though Paul knew a lot. I mean, he wrote much of the New Testament. But he, he said, I know whom I have believed in. There was a personal relationship. Philippians chapter three, Paul talks about knowing Christ and everything was rubbish for the sake of knowing Christ Jesus his Lord. Not knowing about him, but actually knowing him. And my, I think a fear that I have is that a lot of people know about God. A lot of people know about Jesus. A lot of, of our students in crew, they what they they're participate they're in bible studies they do all kinds of things with crew and summer projects and etc they mean but do they only know about him or do they know him and that's really tested during this time uh, when they're by themselves when a student and or staff member doesn't have the um, not being propped up by the by the crew community or their church community Mm -hmm. uh, they are and they're by themselves and uh they will know how closely they know christ because of this because if they're not drawn to jesus and then they will be they will feel pretty bad they will not make it through these difficult times that we have Mm. i really have that's kind of the motivation behind it and uh, so i thought well how do i do that it's really kind of talking about the issue of intimacy uh, with the almighty
0: Mm. yeah that's great and i i think it i think you're spot on i mean i as as we have moved like many other campus ministries and and churches we've moved online to to zoom calls for bible study and discipleship and things like that and and you can just start to even see it now i feel like in the uh in the countenance and the body language of students that it's there's a weight that's there uh, a weariness from uh what this pandemic and, and just being isolated really i think is doing mm-hmm. to students and and being away from their normal community and so um i'd love for you to talk about before we jumped on here you and i were just discussing um some of the the disciplines that help us uh if if intimacy with the almighty is is maybe the motivation or the goal um you were sharing with me three disciplines that help us Mm, get there and facilitate that so talk to us a little bit about those three yeah
1: well, let me let me kind of where I tell you, yeah. There's three that come to mind, um, and these aren't original with me. Uh, in the '90s, I went through a period of time when I started asking myself the question. This was 30 years ago. Um, Thomas, are uh, how d- how is your intimacy with God? And I realized, boy, I, I know about him, but do I know him? And do I, you know how close how close am I? Am I really having? And I read a book called Intimacy with Almighty by Chuck Swindoll. this fantastic little book. Real takes about thirty minutes to read it that long, and i 've gone back to that over and over and over again, and so um, these three disciplines even come from that book as well, so they 're not cre- but i 've embraced them that they, I, I agree with them for sure, but I really appreciate God leading Chuck all to talk about them. The three that he brings up that I would want, want to emphasize is the discipline of solitude the discipline of silence and or stillness, depending on how you want to define it, and then the discipline of surrender. Um, the, uh, uh, and I'll make this quote. I think this is from Henry Nouwen in a book. He says, spiritual life without discipline is impossible. Discipline is the other side of discipleship. One more time. A spiritual life without discipline is impossible discipline is the other side of discipleship i was talking to a student uh two weeks ago and i said how are you doing actually he was uh he was going to come over and help me do something of, of uh, social distancing but helping me in my, my at my home a little bit my, in my yard or something and i called him at, ten, at sat, this was a saturday i called him at uh, at nine o'clock thinking hey when are you going to come over and uh, he was still sleeping so uh, he called me back about noon and uh, he said yeah he- <laughs> My friend stayed up till 7 a.m., so I'm sorry I didn't call you back. And I thought, a.m. <laughs> hey, you know, he'd stayed up all night long talking to his friends, uh, which is fine. You're college students, hey. But yeah. we, we met later that day to talk about the Lord some after we did some work around here. We had, we had a, a cup of coffee distance from each other. And I said, you going to have to decide what you want out of your life. I said, no one's holding your hand right now, and you're in charge of your schedule. And God has not given us a spirit of timidity or fear, it says in 2 Timothy 1, 7, but a spirit of power and of love and of self-control or discipline. And so sound mind, so we, you will not make it. Uh, staff will not make it, I will not make it, and our students will not make it if there's not a sense of discipline. Now discipline, self-control is through the Spirit, Uh, but we really do have to embrace that and move in that direction. The three disciplines, again, I'll hit them real quick, is the discipline of solitude. We see it all the time in the life of Christ. In the early morning, when it was still dark, he went to a lonely place and was praying there. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. 2,000 years ago, about this evening, Thursday night, uh, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. He took his disciples with him, but uh, but Judas knew where he was because he often went to the garden of Gethsemane by himself to pray. They knew where that was Jesus' prayer place, uh, so- solitude. We've got to get by ourselves. March, Matthew chapter 4, he was spent 40 days praying and fasting in the wilderness. Um, we, and thinking about now, our culture is forcing it. We are being forced to. <laughs> this is an easy one, okay? This is a no brainer. Yeah. Hello, you're by yourself. What are you going to
0: do with it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Thomas, i got to say this one thing real quick. So um, uh, I get a kick out of church signs. The one nearest our house right now on their church sign, it talks about Jesus practiced social distancing 2,000 years ago.
1: <laughs> so exactly talking right. about this very
0: thing. So, yeah, this is
1: that's exactly great right. timing. Yeah. So you, it's, it, it is built in your schedule to be by yourself, okay? Uh, yeah. That means you're going to have to turn your phone off, and that's the second point, and that is the issue of silence. Uh, or stillness, um, you know, Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God, uh, is that sense of, you know, Psalm 62, my soul waits in silence before God only, and we don't like silence, because silence means I have to start thinking, um, uh, when you're still and silent, and by yourself, God reveals your sin, but you've got to get quiet. You've got to get quiet before the Lord. You know, we're, this is kind of, I guess, self-defeating because they're watching this on their phone, probably. So it's like, well, <laughs> get silent. But uh, after you watch this, turn your phone off so you can get. <laughs> um, don't turn it off yet. Wait to finish the conversation here. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna have to get quiet. Go by yourself. Get outside. Lock yourself. Do something. You can go outside, and it's getting warmer, so maybe it's easier right now. But those two are the first key. But then the third discipline is surrender, and surrender is when we when we were silent, when we are by ourselves, and we're silent and still, God shows us our sin and the things that we need to surrender to Him. Um, there is no uh, well, Swindoll makes this statement in his book: anyone whose determined purpose is to become more deep, deeply and intimate with acquainted with God cannot retain the rights of his own position and or place or be anxiously preoccupied with working at the details of his own life. And if we are holding on to our life and not willing to yield to him, why would we ever expect to have an intimate relationship with him? He's our master. He's our Lord. We're not the Lord. We're not the master. We we are silent and submissive to him and say, okay, Father, talk to me. What do you want me to do? What do you want to, how you want to work in my life? And so those are the Three disciplines that are important. And then we can practice those disciplines kind of in a quiet time, if you want to
0: use that term recently. Yeah, yeah. So that's last place I'd love to go with you is just talking a little bit more about okay, when we when we are able to get by ourselves and to have a place where we can be still and be silent um, and begin to hear from the Lord. One of the primary ways that we're gonna do that, maybe the primary way we're gonna do that is through his word. And so I know that you've got a real practical way that for years you have been uh, spending time in God's word devotionally, and, and really that that has led to great intimacy with the Almighty. So I'd love for you to kind of walk through that across to yeah, well, yeah, well, thank you.
1: Yeah, um, again, when you approach the word of God, you can approach it uh, intellectually, you can approach it academically, you can approach, approach it historically, Uh, And all it's, it's, there are times, all of those times are necessary. Um, But I'm talking now about approaching God and his word devotionally. And you use that term, meaning it's not a time that I'm doing an intense Bible study. Um, uh, It's a a time where I'm saying, Lord, I want to meet with you. I want a relationship with you. Uh, And it's like, I go on a date with my wife. um, I'm wanting to get to know her. You know, and Lord, and we get, we get to know Him primarily through His Word, uh, because His Word is living and active and sharper than its 2 sword. Uh, in 1983, I was a missionary in the Philippines. My, and I, my wife and I were with crew, um, and I spent a summer in Baguio, Philippines. And my director was a guy by the name of Philip toroja, and he one day asked me. He said, "Thomas, what do you do in your quiet time?" and uh, i told him and he said let me tell you what i do and he got a piece of paper out and he drew this out s-p-a-c-e this little acrostic and then he said now this is what i do and uh and i pulled out my journal and i wrote the word down as well Um and he kind of unpacked what that acrostic was and this was the acrostic it was five questions that i asked began to ask myself and i did this literally every day for at least six months if not for a year in my journal and wherever i was reading in the bible i would list out i would say if it was philippians or joshua whatever it was and i would i would write out the verse if it was a single verse or maybe paragraph or at least in my journal i just said you know um may the uh april the 9th and then i would write down s-p-a-c-e and the questions were this the five questions i addressed was does uh does this passage of scripture give me any sins that i need to confess does it point anything out in my life that is a sin that i might need to confess secondly was is there a promise to claim does this passage of scripture give me any promises that i need to really embrace or hold on to the next question Uh, I kind of stutter on the A. Uh, Is there an action to take or is there an attitude to change? Uh, It can be kind of either way, but should I do something because of this or should I change my attitude because of this verse of scripture? The next one was, is there a command to obey uh, from this passage of scripture? And lastly, is there an example to follow? Hmm. Um, I basically for six months at least, if not a year, Every day, uh, I would list those things out because, again, one of my uh, mentors, Howard Timmix, used to say, education without application is frustration. Mm-hmm. So when God tells me something, I need to apply it. It's not just for my head, but it's for my heart to be lived out through my hands, so to speak. And so uh, I would go through the passage, the passage of scripture. A minute ago, I think I quoted uh, Ezra chapter seven verse ten. I did that through Ezra seven verse ten. And in Ezra seven ten, uh, it's a verse that says that Ezra set his heart that he would uh, that he would study the law of the Lord, that he would practice it, uh, and that he would teach it to all of Israel. Well, there's uh, so the question I ask is, I look at that verse and I ask these questions. oh. Does this verse give me any sense to confess? And uh, you know, I thought, well, yeah, Lord, what's my heart like? Is my heart set upon the Lord or is my heart and God's word or is my heart set upon something else? Is my heart set upon the new iPhone or is it on a new computer or my heart set upon whatever it might be? And I have to realize, you know, I, this morning I taught in my mentoring moments Philippians 6, Philippians 4, verses 6 through 8. And it says, be anxious for nothing. And I was praying through that this morning, Lord, do I have an anxious heart? Mm. Is my heart yours or am I sensing anxiety in my heart? Now, now let me highlight this. If there is a, if if God surfaces an emotion that is uh, maybe like, do not be anxious or do not be angry or do not be fearful, and those emotions uh, emotions are like, um, they're like warning lights on your dashboard of your car. Mm. Uh, That's not the issue in all likelihood. I need to confess, sorry I'm angry, but if I never deal with why I'm angry or if I never deal with why I'm anxious, then I'm just going to keep, so you have to go down deeper uh, and not just confess the fruit, but confess the root as well and so um you may want to start so pray psalm 21 139 verses 23 and 24 which talks about god lord search my heart see if there's any hurtful way in me that's the first thing i do i look at is there a sin to confess next one is there a promise to claim philippians chapter three there is i mean philippians chapter four what's it say uh pray about everything be anxious to nothing pray about everything and the peace that surpasses all comprehension guard your hearts. Boy, I need that. The Students probably need that right now. Maybe they have a one with the uh, COVID-19, or maybe they're concerned about their scholarship or concerned about next semester or whatever. Lord, give me your peace, and it's a promise that you need to claim. Uh, The next one is an attitude to uh, change or an action to take, and it may be, for instance, on the Ezra 7 verse 10, it's that, oh, Ezra practiced, uh, he, he studied the law of the Lord. Lord, am I studying this? Do I need to take the time and not just read it, but to really process the the, the God's word? Or maybe the attitude to change is in Philippians chapter 4, where I I need to have an attitude of thankfulness that's taking place. Or I would mention this this morning that Nay Bailey... Uh, when 1982, when we joined the staff of Campus Christ for Christ, or crew, she spoke on Philippians 4, and she said, anytime I feel anxious, that triggers me to pray. She, so she trained herself to think anxiety is a trigger to pray. Well, often anxiety for me is a trigger to panic. <gasps> but God says, my anxiety should be a trigger to prayer. And that's an attitude to change in my life. Mm. The next one will be, is there a command to obey in this passage of Scripture? And in Philippians 4, verse 8 says, Set your mind upon things that are holy and true and just and honorable and righteous. And so the command there is, oh, instead of letting my mind go to anxiety, it's training my mind and saying, Lord, help me to obey and help me to set my mind upon things that are honorable and true. And so there's a command. And to obey, there's tons of commands we can obey, and then the last one, of course, is example to follow. In the passage in Ezra seven verse ten, the example is Ezra, and I pray, Lord, give me the give me the heart that Ezra Ezra has. Oh Lord, the example in Philippians is a person of, of course, of uh, of, uh, of Paul when he was uh, casting his anxieties upon the Lord and um, being anxious for nothing. And so, uh, now every time I used to open a scripture, all of these are not used. Uh, sometimes only one of them are, but uh, I've read through the Bible every year for over 30 years. And, and, uh, for four years, or I read through a journaling Bible and I took a journal, a Bible that was had those big wide margins on the side. Mm-hmm. And I did these five questions through the entire Bible Wow! And on every page. Uh, I would say on 98% of the pages in that Bible, at least one of those things came out. There are a few pages I had to, I had to think I got to make something up here, but <laughs> 80, 98% of the pages of the journaling Bible, I was able to write one of those kind of application points, uh, through that passage of scripture, even through books like Leviticus and numbers of all things. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it really is taking the time just to say, "Lord, speak to my heart." Um, you know, God wants to meet with you. You know, He He wants intimate relationship with you more than you want with Him. Hmm. He and oh, there's wonderful things in the Scripture I want to tell you. Will you go to the Word? I want to talk with you today, and so it. Um, and that's why we celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection this weekend here at Easter. Because um, through Christ's death, burial, resurrection, we can't have an intimate relationship with Him. But that's my quiet time. I did that for literally for months, writing it in, in my journal. And now I just automatically think that way. I automatically think about those five questions um, when, I want, when I'm spending my devotional time uh, reading through the scripture.
0: Yeah. I think that's really helpful, helping those who watch this and watching and, and helping students. Uh, process how to how to approach the Bible devotionally and um, and I love that that's couched in the really the the goal of being intimate with the Almighty Um, that it's it's more than um, just a religious duty or an activity or a box to check um, or another homework like a spiritual homework assignment but it really is this is this is for the sake of intimacy um, just like any other relationship that we would have, uh, this is a way for us to to really have our hearts, like you said, engage with the heart of God from his word. So, Thomas, thank you so much for being with us today and, and sharing with us not only your heart, but even some practical ways that we can implement this in our own lives. Yeah, my pleasure. And I do pray the Lord
1: will, that the God will meet with each of us during this time. Um, and I would say this to the students and to your staff, don't miss it you have got, we're in a unique time of history, and that you have more time on your hands than you will ever have again in all likelihood. Mm. Uh, And take, use this time to meet with the Lord. You will not regret it, I'm confident.
0: Yeah, that's a great challenge. Thank you, Thomas. Take care, Weston.